Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, this week we have been looking at the big question, what about those who have never heard the gospel? And we've looked at so many examples this week of people groups that most people in the West would consider unevangelized or closed borders. But in reality, when we look at the history of these places, we find that they've had the gospel for hundreds, if not thousands of years in many cases. And as a people, they have rejected it. Even though there are individual Christians who can certainly be found in all of these places, overall, the gospel message has been rejected. So how does that tie into our big question of what about those who've never heard? Well, first of all, you're going to be hard-pressed to find an example of someone who's never heard, culturally speaking, meaning that we might have an individual who isn't familiar with the gospel message and what Christians actually believe, but that is because they are a product of a people and a country that has known exactly what the Bible has taught and what the gospel message is and has tried to kill it or squash it or suppress it at every turn. And so these people are now living in the the sort of consequence of that kind of group decision that has come before. But what about them? Is that fair to them? And and what does the Bible have to say about that? Well, here's a principle that we need to keep in mind and kind of take with us to, to understand this question. God knows who will repent and who won't. And I'm not just saying that because that follows logically from God's omniscience or something like that. We actually have scripture to back this up. In Genesis 18, we have the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham praying and asking the Lord, uh, if if there are 50 righteous people in Sodom, will you spare it? And God says, yes, if you can find 50 righteous people in Sodom, I will spare it. And then he says, well, okay, what about 45? And what about 40? What about 30? What about 20? What about 10? And he doesn't dare go any lower than 10. But God agrees at every turn and says, if you can find 10 righteous people, in Sodom. I will not destroy the city. Now keep in mind, Abraham is part of this conversation. Lot is part of this conversation and his family and the two angels who are in Sodom with them as well. So if you're being generous with your count, that's like six or seven people right there. So they only have to find like two or three other people in the entire city and God will spare it. And he doesn't spare it. Why not? Because there aren't that many righteous people in the city. And God knew this. God knew that that that's just not the case. In Jeremiah 5, 1 through 2, it says this, Run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. Look and take note. Search her squares to see if you find a man, one, who does justice and seeks truth, that I may pardon her. Though they say, as the Lord lives, yet they swear falsely. So in Jeremiah, he's saying, we can't even find one. There is no one in this city that I can point to 
that is righteous. Romans 1, 18-20 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. This idea that the truth is not far from us, but again, like it says in John 3, that men love darkness rather than light, and that if given the opportunity, most people will suppress the truth rather than be exposed to it because we love darkness rather than light. And we saw example after example of that over the last two weeks with just all the examples of human wickedness out there. that We are not good. And so this is what we do when the truth is in front of us. We suppress it. Matthew 23, 37, Jesus says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Now, this is a huge statement from Jesus here. What is Jesus actually saying? Jesus is saying, if there had been people in Jerusalem who had wanted to accept him, he would have gone to them. He would have had a relationship with them. He's making a statement here that's not just hyperbolic. I think he's making a statement here about that he, in fact, knows that there are no people in Jerusalem who really are willing. Not really. God knows the heart. But we might be asking, what, well, what if someone was willing? What if someone was willing to repent? Well, we have an example of that as well. In Jonah 4.11, where God says, and should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who don't know their right hand from their left and also much cattle? In Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 29, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go to the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And there was an Ethiopian. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join his chariot. So while we have an example of an entire city being spared because God knew that they would repent in Jonah, we have an example of the Holy Spirit leading Philip to one single man in Acts 8 because God knew that he would accept the gospel when he heard it. Now, how does God know this? Well, we get into Acts chapter 17, verses 26 and 27, which are fascinating verses, where Paul is preaching to the uh, Athenians, and he says, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. In other words, God has determined where and when every person on earth will live for the express purpose that those people would have an opportunity to seek God and to hopefully find him. God is interested in every single person seeking him. And according to Paul here in Acts chapter 17, God has so orchestrated things that where and when you are born is not an accident. God put you when and where you are so that you would seek him. In other words, God will ensure, because we've seen these examples both on a city level and on an individual level, that 
those who would repent if they heard the gospel will hear the gospel. We see that in Acts. We see that in the book of Jonah. So then what are we to do about those who never hear the gospel? Well, for following this through to its conclusion and sort of logically parsing this out here, if God knows who will repent and who won't, and everyone that God knows will repent, God ensures that they hear the gospel so that they can repent. Then apparently, when it comes to those who never hear the gospel, it wouldn't matter if they did. Because God knows that even if they did hear it, they wouldn't repent. And so God is not at fault just because some people don't ever hear the gospel if God knows their heart. And he can say to them on the day of judgment, I know that no matter what I would have done, no matter what circumstances I would have put you in, you would not have freely chosen to accept the gospel. You would not have trusted in me, no matter what, because I know that. And so, here we are. You would have rejected me in every possible thing and way and opportunity that I could have given you. And so, I'm not obligated to give you those opportunities if I know you will reject them. But, we're going to pivot a little bit here and think about uh, the next tough question that we need to talk about. So if all these people reject God and God knows this, even if they do so freely, hell though, we're really, we're really talking about now forever eternal punishment for these people because they've rejected the gospel message. How in the world is, is hell forever fair for, for anyone let alone people who've never heard the gospel, but just for anyone. That's what we're going to dive into next week. So another super light and fun topic, but I hope that you'll join me because it's going to be good. And this is a really important question to think through. They all are, but this is one that, man, we really need to wrap our heads around and uh, to to come to a place of just understanding and, and really looking at the scripture carefully. So I hope you'll join me as we dive into the doctrine of hell next week and just eternal punishment and how in the world that could possibly be fair.